ahead and get started. Alrighty, welcome folks back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I've got some very exciting news to share with you all. I have an awesome guest and I will introduce him here in just a moment, but real quick, you'll notice that uh, my co-host is not sitting on the couch next to me. He decided to move on to bigger and better things. I'm just kidding. He's uh, returning from vacation. He was out in the great state of Hawaii. I'm a little envious, so he might be coming back with a nice summer tan. Uh, we'll, we'll see, or he might be red as a lobster. But anyhow, let's get on into things. Like I said, have a wonderful guest joining us, and I am going to introduce him today. His name is Joshua Church, the founder of Edge Theory Labs. He is doing remarkable things with providing people with alternatives to bettering their health and for anyone that wants to get into the biohacking space. And there's probably a bunch more that I don't know, but I would love to learn today in conversation with Josh. So, or Joshua, I'm sorry. So welcome to the show, Joshua. And uh, let's go ahead and learn a little bit more about you. Totally. I guess I should start real quick with giving everyone a little bit of a background in terms of how we got connected. And uh, again, I, I want to say thank you, uh, Joshua. I, I can't say that enough. Uh, so I've been big into uh, health and wellness for the past few years, and I've been putting a lot of a mileage on my body when it comes to just running um, and working out. And I wanted to kind of get into proper recovery. So I know Josh... Uh, has an awesome product, which I'm not trying to steal the thunder here. I'll let him go into the details, but basically found out about his product online, uh, really just through a, a generic Google search and kind of linked up that way, uh, reached out to him and kind of made the connection there. And I said, hey, I think you'd be great to come on to my small little podcast and want to shoot the shit. So here we are today. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about your company, what it is, um, why you wanted to get into this space? Absolutely. So the name of the company, as you mentioned, is Edge Theory Labs, and the idea with that name is is that we believe greatness happens at the edge of your comfort zone, and we want to give people tools that give them the edge, the edge on recovery, on performance, on just pushing pushing the boundary, pushing the envelope. That's where greatness really happens. And, and I've learned that in my life for sure. And it's been a privilege to be able to serve others and help them push towards their edge and find their edge in all different ways. So it's um, it's it's been a it's been a beautiful journey and the, the, the culmination of, of a lot of years of work and the internal work. Right. It's like you, we're constantly working on yourself and sharing along the way, very similar to like what you're doing. And then uh, I was grateful enough to partner up with my cousin, who's my co-founder to help really design this product and this unit that we're we're launching with. So that's a little bit more about the, the company and the, the product itself is a portable ice bath, iceless ice bath, portable cold tub. And we brought portability to the market. The first ones to do that um, uses a, a super sturdy inflatable drop stitch inflatable technology. Like they make the stand up paddle boards out of or the military boats, that super sturdy technology. So we made a tub out of that and then it hooks up to this little chiller unit that's on wheels that's powerful enough to cool the water down to 37 or heat it up to 105, filter it, uh, and that's on wheels. It plugs in a regular electric 120 volt, so it's really, uh, really easy to use, really easy to maintenance, and uh, we're seeing great success out of the gates here. 
Hell yeah. I mean, I'm super excited to to get mine. I ordered one uh, a few weeks back, and I know I'll, I'll be getting it here uh, sometime, I soon. think, in September. Yes, sometime yeah, soon. September. Anyhow, um, I, I know that it, it takes a while to kind of take an idea and put that into – I shouldn't say it takes a while, but – it can take a while. Let me restate that and then go out and execute. So I know, I think in previous conversations, you guys have been uh, around for just a few months now, but how long ago would you say this idea started? Um, yeah. Yeah. Several years ago. I mean, two years really since we were working on it, it's been, it's been over two years now because when you're launching a, a product, especially a product like we have a durable good, um, that's technology and that's refrigeration components and it's a machine. Like there's, there's a lot of testing, a lot of iteration, a lot of generations of this, a lot of prototyping, a lot of failures, a lot, a lot that goes into being able to have a, a unit that we feel confident launching and bringing to the market. So, uh, so, so we've been working on this for about two years and, and the idea came from really, it, it evolved in a really cool way. And that's something that I think is, it's been it's been beautiful to witness throughout this whole process of how it evolved and how quickly things started to move once there was momentum build. Like I was like say momentum's a force multiplier and once you get momentum, you just things start ha- things can happen very very quickly. So we uh, I, I got into cold immersion and breath work from doing a Wim Hof retreat out in Iceland a number of years ago, about Damn. three years ago, over three and a half years ago maybe now, and I was just it felt like the missing puzzle piece to my health and wellness and healing journey and performance journey of understanding this tool that we have as, as, as using our breath for regulating our nervous system and through shifting our state and then the cold as well. And it changed my relationship with it completely. So I came back from that. And I wanted to make cold water therapy and cold immersion a part of my daily practice, but living in Southern California, the water doesn't get that cold and there's no frozen rivers to go or lakes to go <laughs> drop into. So it was left figuring out a couple different options. I got tired of going to the store every time to buy ice very quickly. And that started adding up an expense and plastic waste and all that. So that was not, that didn't last very long. And then the only other thing in the market at the time was if I wanted to spend 10 grand or 15 grand on a unit and then one of those really big at home units that I couldn't even fit. Cause I have an, I had a balcony and an apartment at a balcony on my apartment. So like, I couldn't even do that. So I was like, well, crap, I can't do anything. So I, I called up my cousin. I said, "Hey Rob, can you help me build something so like we can put it in my on my balcony?" And we were training for an Ironman triathlon at the time. And ideally, it would be something cool that we could have that's portable we could take with us. And so we we iterated in his garage our first prototype. We called it the Heisenberg. Like it was a science experiment out of Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. So all these like you know pool, above ground pool equipment, this janky looking thing. And uh, but that was our first prototype, and we kept iterating that, making it better, and realized that there was a really big market for this and saw the coming wave of, of cold water therapy really coming mainstream and, and, and started iterating quickly. So we could launch when we did about four months ago to, um, to really shake things up in the market. That's awesome. I mean, what I'm most excited about personally, and there's a lot of other, uh, advantages to your product as well as just the portability. I think that's a huge differentiator when trying to compare it to, to other products. Um, and even just the the price alone, you know, you have a very uh, competitive price. Um, there are definitely some that are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And it's like, do I really want to be spending that type of money? But right. yeah. How many um, prototypes, if you're willing to share, did you guys kind of yeah. go through to get to where you are today? Uh, we've gone through five generations of prototypes. Wow. 
And within each generation was at least one, most of the time two, maybe three kind of tweaks to that. And were you selling each prototype to the public? Yeah, I, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. Prototypes were just for our testing internally and, yep. and tweaking those little details, which just takes time, you know, when you're working with manufacturers, it takes time um, and testing takes time. And you, you know, you find out things several months into testing that you didn't think were going to be an issue early on that become an issue. So giving ourselves enough time and it's always a balancing act right because as an entrepreneur you want to move fast and you want to break things right but you also don't want to you don't want to put something out into the market that you know is not going to hold up or that you know is going to not be what you're promising customers so it was really important for me for both of us that whatever we were putting our name behind and whatever we were selling we had confidence in. i said that to rob my cousin from day one i said look man because he's the engineer. He's the one that actually did this. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not at his way out of my lane. I told him two things. I said, look, one, if you build this thing and you can, and you can help, like really, we can make this thing legit and something that we have hundred percent confidence in. I promise you, I can sell this thing. I know it without a doubt. So that was the first thing. He's like, okay, cool. I said, number two, we need to make it Joshua proof. Like I need to be able to use it. Like we need to make it simple. Like I have trouble screwing a light bulb, that kind of thing. Right? I'm, not that I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I should say I'm certainly, this experience has gotten me a lot better, but it's like, we need to make it so it's simple. Cause you know, it's one thing for him to be able to set up. He's the kind of guy that, that goes to, uh, you know, reverse engineering a generator from Home Depot is like a fun afternoon project for him. I'm like, I'm like, I, I need to task grab it to hang up my TV on my wall. So, um, so it's like, yeah, we have to make it simple to use. And he was, he delivered on both of those things. And uh, you don't even need professional tools to any tools required to set it up. It's like no tools required whatsoever. It's, you know, screw on hands, can tighten things, move things around. So really beautiful all in one unit that is simple to use. So um, it's a beautiful part of having, having a partner and having a, someone that you trust that has very complimentary skill sets to you as well. And I think that, that's been a big reason of, of our success so far. That's awesome. There, there's two things that I want to add on to that or, or ask questions about. So one, for those that are listening that, still are trying to fully process kind of what this product is. And hopefully it's kind of been more clear now that it is a basically an ice bath, you know, to, to oversimplify things. Um, and it's portable. And as Joshua mentioned, it can get very cold. I think you mentioned it can get down to about 37 degrees or so Fahrenheit. Right. Yeah. And then all the way up to, if you want to a little over a hundred, 105. 105. Wow. Yeah. So that that's awesome there. And the question that I want to ask with this for anyone that's like, well, that's great. But like, how do you truly move something like this around? Like, do you want to describe and maybe you kind of already alluded to this, but a little bit more clearly, like what, what material are you using for, for the tub itself? Cause when I hear, you know, tub, is it metal? Um, yeah. is it super heavy? How the heck do you transport this thing around? Yeah, so for everybody listening right now too that wants to get a better idea, go to go to our website edge3labs.com or check out our IG and you can get a visual very quickly. Hell yeah. Uh, but as I was mentioning earlier, there's this technology it's called drop stitch inflatable and basically it's um there's just like thousands and thousands of these strings that, that that are on the inside of this inflatable wall that allow you to fill it up to super high pressure point. So ours inflates to 10 psi. Uh, most inflatables like those kitty pools are like you know, one PSI, if that two PSI. So it's, it's so strong. And like, you've seen those stand up paddle boards where people run over them with cars or military use them as boats. So, um, so it's inflatable, which means that it can, it can deflate and it can pack away into a backpack. We have a carrying backpack with it. 
So it packs away into a backpack. So you can literally bring it with you on your back to places, which is pretty sweet. So that's how you move it around is you actually drain the water, you deflate it, and then you can carry it around with you. Hell yeah. It's going to be super clutch for me with always being on the move and stuff like that. Definitely. Now, it's not having a big liability, like you got a big fixed wall tub that, that weighs hundreds and hundreds of pounds and moving it's a big, big chore you're, or you're moving to a different home or apartment or something like that. It's another thing you got to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, spacing is a big thing too. As you mentioned, like if you have uh, just a, a small balcony or whatever your setup is, you know, this fits perfectly in those smaller spaces or spaces where you just don't have as much room or the luxury that some people have. So that's another great thing uh, with the product. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to hit on, which is awesome, or kind of what I heard you uh, share, which I can relate in, unfortunately, Cole's not here with us today, but Cole and I, and we've talked about this before too, we both complement one another. He's got skill sets that I am not so great at, and then I've got things that I'm really good at that, you know, he's like, Hayden, you stick to that, and I'll double down on what I'm good at. And kind of hearing your your story too, it sounds like your cousin, your co-founder was more so the brains, and I'm not trying to talk you down, yeah. like he was more so the I'll engineer. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I shouldn't have said it like that. But the point being is, I think for anyone that's listening, if you do want to get into the startup space, and again, there's millions of routes to this, but if you wanted to have a partner, it's always best to try to find someone that can complement your skills instead of trying to find the exact same person as yourself. I mean, that might work out, but I think more times than not, it doesn't always work out. So (laughs) yeah. Totally. And I think that a good litmus test for that. And one of the things that we always laugh about is the responsibilities of my day to day when he looks at that and he's just like, Oh, you were on the phone with, you know, 15, you had 15 calls today with partners or potential customers. And like, that seems the most draining thing. Like that seems like my nightmare. And I'm like, to me, that's energizing. I love that. I love connecting with people. I love having my day lined up with with interesting conversations, connecting with people and, and sharing the solution with people. And then for him, he's like tinkering on the on the machine and doing repairs and R&D on new future products and emailing our manu- with our manufacturers and our production team and, and dealing with details of like the millimeter thread count of connecting one valve to a hose and all these different things that I'm like, this makes me want to throw up. I'm, I'm sick just looking at these, this email thread, like having to deal with this all day. I couldn't imagine. And he's just like, yeah, I love this. I love tinkering like this. I love the detail oriented stuff. So uh, that's a great litmus test of like looking at the responsibilities and having very clear lane of like, it's very clear what his lane is, very clear what my lane is. And that allows us to trust each other a lot in our lane and to work really well together where we can get a lot done because like he knows he trusts me fully in my lane and he doesn't need a, micromanage or ask me anything and vice versa for, for himself as well. Totally. Love all those call outs. Now it looks like you've been working with some really remarkable people and you don't have to, to share, uh, all uh, of this, but, uh, who would you say is, you know, the most, um, how do I want to ask this question? You've, you've worked with some pretty big people, whether they've actually bought your product or they're just given a, a test run. I, I saw recently, uh, I think you worked with like Mike Posner. Um, anyone that you've been super excited about that has reached out to you wanting to either just learn more about your product or has bought your product? Are you willing to share any of that? Yeah, totally. Uh, 
pretty humbled right out the gate to see um, to see some of the inbound excitement from people from seeing you know NFL players that I you know that I know purchasing tubs to um, you know to, to Super Bowl champions we're working with uh, you know future stars and NHL all stars like MLB WNBA superstars like it's been pretty pretty incredible to see to see that and uh, and just and fun really really cool so I think that the couple standouts uh, I mean there, there's quite a few but the couple standouts right now come top of mind mike posner as you mentioned uh he's a great guy uh, and jesse itzler as well we were at jesse's house just yesterday actually i was at jesse's house and um we were hitting sauna and cold tub circuits and those are those are two guys that i've I, that i've been you know following for years and been really inspired by for many years both on their, their work and their craft and just how they approach living and um and i and i've, I've very much seen myself as as peers to them in in a lot of ways for many years and just like oh i can't wait till i'm kicking it with them one day and it it is a really cool thing to see that come full circle and to see just how things open up when you're in alignment with when you're in alignment with yourself when you're in alignment with the flow of the universe like doors open up and when you're when you're in when you're when you're showing up to be of service for other people it's just incredible how quickly doors open up. So it's cool getting into that circle of him and Steve Weatherford and Aubrey Marcus, Lewis Howes, like getting into that circle is just so cool and excited for that. I, I knew it was, I, I had a feeling it was inevitable at some point. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this quickly, to be honest with you. And I had no clue that it was going to be with cold immersion, but it's, it's the coolest thing. Like to think that yesterday was mon- you know, Monday, my Monday work day was spending four hours with Jesse and Sarah Blakely over at their house doing sauna and cold tub and, and uh, just as, just as humans and just as people just, just obsessed with this work and um, yeah, very, very cool. So those are a couple of highlights for sure. That's so badass, man. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, saying I, I, I couldn't wait to kick it with some of these folks. Like, do you believe in the power of manifestation? Absolutely, man. Yeah. We're not sitting here without that. I, I believe in, um, I mean, like attracts like that's a, that's a universal law like gravity. You yep. can believe in it or not, but that's, that's, uh, it's like gravity. There's it's, it's, it's science. It's, it's physiology more than anything else. And, uh, so that, that's really powerful. And, and I've been on that journey for a while on that wavelength for a while. And some of the things that I've seen and witnessed and been humbled by just, you, you can't make it up. And there's something really powerful to setting an intention and being not very attached to the outcome of that thing, but focused on the feeling of it, focused on the, 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 the destination of where you want to go, um, generally speaking, and then watching how the doors open up paired with your action around it. So uh, you know, it's, it's a combination of, of those things. It's a dance, right? It's taking a step and then waiting for the universe to take a step back. And then you take the next step and it's just kind of, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of like an artful dance. And so that's, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting where, where I am today without that and without a, a really, um, really beautiful approach with that. And it's something that's just, I'm humbled by every, literally every single day. Well, you're definitely doing something right. You're, you're providing value because, you know, these big names, influencers, I mean, they, they are just everyday people that, you know, happen to have different careers, maybe a little bit different than the, the average sure. person. But point being is you are providing uh, a really awesome product and service to people. And maybe uh, a good question to ask for uh, the listeners here. What are some of the benefits to cold immersion? Yeah, great question. The, the list goes the list goes on we could have we could spend an hour diving into all the benefits but the key benefits are most people know ice baths 
as athletes use ice baths for recovery, right? After a workout, you go in an ice bath and it's gonna help with soreness, it's gonna help with inflammation. And so it kind of the, culturally, we, we understand that, that is that it helps with inflammation. It helps, we're reducing inflammation, reducing uh, delayed onset muscle soreness. So there's all these, there's incredible, there's science-backed studies around this. So it helps with those things. And then recently, a lot of the, a lot of the mainstream push behind it is, is really what's tied to the mental health side of things and the resilience side of things. Because, and one of my favorite reasons why I love the cold is that nobody likes the cold. It's painful. Like it's scary. It's cold. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not enjoyable, but that's the point is that doing the thing that scares us doing the thing that is uncomfortable it's this this dose of hormetic stress this dose of willful you know suffering if you will and when you can consciously get this there's it's a different physiological level when you're consciously putting yourself in that situation so through that's why we workouts through workouts through sauna through cold water because we're consciously being like hey we're going to do this difficult thing and you feel amazing after because you've done something difficult You've done something that you otherwise probably wouldn't have done. You've done something for yourself or your health. You're going to get the amazing benefits of increased dopamine, of increased energy. Norepinephrine spikes 500%. You're going to get that alertness, that aliveness feeling every single time. You're going to get that, and you're also going to get the fact that you just conquered something, and you're going to set your stress tolerance super high. So you jump in cold water in the beginning of the day or throughout the day. You're going to shift your physiology. You're going to shift your state. And also the other stuff that normally would, would you know, would stress you out or piss you off. It's not going to do that anymore. It's incredible how this works because your body's going to be like, Oh, the emails from work, the crazy, you know, the crazy guy that just cut me off in traffic. Like that's not real stress. I felt what real stress is. You're giving your body a set, a taste of what, what is real fight or flight stress. And then you're learning how to breathe and regulate through it. So it's this arena, it's this playground for us to build our resilience, to build our stress tolerance and, and to just feel alive and to feel good and to, and to do difficult things. Cause that's where greatness happens. Hell yeah. I, I can totally relate. I've, I believe it. I've experienced it on a, on a smaller scale. I, I have not officially used your product just yet, but again, I'm super excited to get mine. I've got my own homemade setup and it's not, uh, anything near what your, uh, cold plunge is going to be. Right. I mean, you know, you hit it, you hit it for all those reasons and you feel great after. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I can take on the world or something like that. <laughs> now, a, another question that I'm sure some, uh, listeners might be thinking about, and I even have the question myself, hence I'm asking it. <laughs> what would you say is, uh, I take cold showers as well. Like are cold showers, as effective, maybe not as effective. Like, how would you compare and contrast between a yeah. cold plunge and a cold shower? So, with cold shower, you're gonna get um, the you're gonna get a lot of the similar mental resilience benefits, if you will, because you're still it's still that willful stress, like putting that shower all the way on cold, especially when you're nice taking a warm shower. Maybe it's early in the morning, mm -hmm. and then putting yourself in like that's still stressful, and you're still gonna have to regulate your breath, depending on how cold the shower gets. Like a lot of places during summertime, the shower doesn't get that cold, but it gets cold, you're gonna feel that. It's not gonna be as effective as from um, inflammation reduction, from a metabolism standpoint, from the other, from some of the other physiological benefits, because it's not gonna lower, it's all about lowering your core body temperature, and when you're fully immersed in water, that's why they call cold water immersion, CWI, that's, the, that's where all the studies are done around, because that's when your body temp's able to dip pretty quickly and effectively water is a great thermal conductor so you're gonna you're gonna get cold very very quickly when you're fully fully immersed in it especially when the water is circulating and moving it's gonna hit you really hard so but the cold showers are great it's a great place to start i always recommend people starting with cold shower because 
you're going to get used to getting into that cold and willfully putting yourself into the situation. And it's a lot easier to regulate. It's a lot easier to, to breathe through it when you're in the shower, because you're not, you're not getting the constant stream as when you're in the water. So it's a great place to start. It's a great starting point. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's been my personal journey as well. I started with just cold showers, uh, for about the, I don't know, last six to eight months. And then, uh, as the summer months hit here in the Midwest, uh, I bought just a cheap, uh, I think it's like a a cow trough is a a name for it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just fill that with ice sometimes or just the hose water, which again, it's only as cold as the water temperature coming out of the the faucet, but you know, it's a place to start. It's getting me ready for the big badass product. That's right. (laughs) Totally. Um, so I, I heard that you have some experience as well being an athlete, an endurance athlete. Do you kind of want to share, uh, some of the, um, events that you've done in the past and then what do you have upcoming or maybe you, you're a retired athlete? Yeah. So it's so funny because I mean, I never thought I would be into endurance sports. I, when I was young, my, my dad, he, he was run 60 marathons and wow. lots of mountains and total adventure man. And he wore down his knees as a result of that. He's had two knee replacements, but I remember growing up watching him do that. And I was like, I hated running. I played sports growing up. I had played football and basketball, but running was like, Oh, this is horrible. And I told him, I was like, your idea of fun and my idea of fun are very different. Like we got different hobbies totally. and here I am several years later grown up as an adult into the exact same stuff that he was into. So he always likes to laugh about that. But I, um, you know, I, I got into, I did my first triathlon and, and I was hooked after I did my first Olympic distance triathlon. And the reason I chose triathlon is because I wanted something that I could put on the calendar that would hold me accountable to getting into shape. And this was at a time, um, during college when I was really out of shape, I was carrying around, um, 25 pounds of unhealthy weight, super inflamed, uh, lifestyle, not good at all from the lifestyle choices I was making from diet, food, drugs, all the things, alcohol intake. And so I signed up for a, tri- a triathlon to, to push myself and challenge myself. And the reason I did try too was because I had knee surgery. I had an ACL and some knee surgeries in high school. So I knew that swimming and biking were both great low impact cardio and great low impact ways of getting in shape. And I was comfortable enough with running at the time. So I, I did my first, I trained up for it. I got into shape. I lost a lot of weight. I changed up my lifestyle, my diet, and I felt amazing. And I got the bug, you know, when you do a race, anybody who's done an endurance race knows there's the thrill, the adrenaline rush day of and crossing that finish line. Just it's, you get the bug very quickly. So I got the bug very soon. I, I mean, I got the bug instantly and did a couple more uh, Olympic distance and then eventually and, and my, after I did the first, I got my cousin Rob into it. And so him and I were doing all of our training and everything together, which was really cool because this is where the business really was born out of us doing those, us doing our training sessions. And, and so eventually did our first, you know, after the Olympic distance thoughts, I thought to myself, dang, okay, I was tough doing double that for a half Ironman. Like that's crazy. And the thought of doing double that for a full Ironman is nuts. <laughs> like that's just incomprehensible for how sore and how tired you feel after doing an Olympic distance. Like that's crazy. So after doing another couple Olympic distance, we're like, Oh, you know what? Maybe a half, maybe you could do a half. Like let's do it. Let's sign up. So we signed up for Santa Cruz and did Santa Cruz. And it was amazing. Great race, beautiful time. And, uh, and we did it. And the thought of after crossing that finish line of like, 
people who do a full are absolutely insane. It's crazy to think of doing double that of like getting to the finish line and then doing it again. Like that's just absurd. And did a couple more halves. And then we're like, yeah, maybe we send it. And so we signed up for Ironman Florida, did, you know, eight months of training. And uh, this is where the story gets interesting. So uh, trained up, did the whole thing, um, did all the long training runs and rides, swims, dialed in, ready to rock. Week before leading up to the race, send the bike out. It's out in Florida, send the bike out, plane tickets are booked, all set to go. I'm doing my uh, one of my final tapering runs. I think it was the actual last run that I had on my training schedule. And I noticed something in my leg, my shin's not feeling right. And I was like, okay, let me just ignore it. Woke up the next day, it started feeling worse. And every day leading up worse and worse and worse and went to the doctor to check it out. And I had a micro stress fracture, shin splints in my, uh, in my, in my shin, like oh. literally several, a couple days leading up to the race, the point where walking down the hall was painful. So it was really difficult for me to make the decision to not enter the race. Still flew out to support Rob, my cousin. And, um, but it was, it was like really challenging for me not to, I made the decision to not enter the race doing a 140 mile race on my, my gross stress fractures can lead to some serious injuries. And I probably could have been okay, but it wasn't about the pain. It was about the long-term implications. So I decided to listen to my body and, and not enter the race. So that was a lot. I cried a lot during those couple of days. It was like, you know, felt like everything, you know, was just, was falling, under, was falling from underneath me. And, uh, but it, was, it ended up being a really great lesson into and another teacher for me and the, the difference between the journey and the destination to stop and look at like, Hey, I got to the start line, you know, getting to the start line is a massive win regardless of anything else. And getting to the point where taking this thing that, you know, a couple of years ago seemed absolutely and utterly impossible to do a full Ironman to do a half Ironman, let alone a full Ironman felt like I, I could not even wrap my head around the idea and getting to the point where I had my bike shipped out, plane ticket books, and I was ready to, and I was confident that I was, we were, I was going to finish and was going to do this thing. And I felt confident in my body. Like that was such a massive win and enough for me at the time to be like, there's plenty of, I got a long career ahead. There's plenty of races, plenty of opportunities to do Ironman. So we'll be back. And uh, my cousin Rob finished it. He crushed it. He's uh, he's an Iron Man, and uh, we're, uh, we're we're eyeing. Uh, we're we're focused on the business right now, so not a lot of training time. But we are we're signed up for Iron Man Oceanside half half Iron Man next season, and looking to do a, a full around a year from now, so late season um, next year. Love it, absolutely love it. Story. What what's what's the saying? The uh, the comeback is greater than the setback, man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Comeback's greater than the setback, and that's. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be that much sweeter when I cross the finish line of whatever Ironman I do, whenever I do. And I, you know, you hear those words, Joshua church, you are an Ironman. There's something about it. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's something about it, especially after doctors told me, yeah, you should probably pick up golf and stop running. And, um, you know, there's, there, there's something about it that you're just like, you know, your competitive itch. There's, um, uh, Tim, are you familiar with Tim Grover? I am not now. Okay. Tim Grover's a great guy to look into. He's, um, he wrote a book called Relentless, hmm. and he uh, fantastic read for anybody listening who's looking for an, a motivational book. I will warn you that tr you might not be able to read it before bedtime. I couldn't read it before bedtime because I just got too jacked up. It was like I got so lit up. I'm like, I can't sleep right now. He was the uh, Tim Grover was the trainer for Michael Jordan and Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. So he was like for the legends. Hell yeah. And, uh, and worked really closely with Michael Jordan and, and just talks about like, 
the difference between the top of the top in that level versus everybody else and it's just mad inspiring so anyway tim grover has a great line he calls um everybody needs to have what they call a fuck you watch me moment i presume i'm okay to curse on this no yeah of course (laughs) i love it everybody has a uh everybody needs to have what they call a fuck you watch me moment where someone says something to you where you got where you have to say you know internally like fuck you watch me and and that can light the fire for for making some serious changes in your life and so i remember having a conversation with a doctor and that was a very much fuck you watch me moment so i've got some unfinished business that i'm looking forward to taking care of dude you got me fired up sitting here i'm ready to go i love it, <laughs> I love it. that's awesome for anyone that's listening that isn't too familiar with you know the the training schedule how many months out of the year would you say you're dedicating uh to training for one of those events um and i know it, it depends but it depends on yeah it depends on where your fitness level is too like I'm not, I'm, I haven't been training much right now, but because I know that, you know, I've got a good sense of my body awareness and where I'm at and (laughs) doing so many half Ironmans, like I could go do a half, I could go do a half, you know, next weekend and it would be, it would, I would be sore as shit after, but I could do it. Um, so if I'm training for a half and I really want to like get in shape, it's a couple months and mostly because it's the long bike rides when you're doing, this is for triathlon training at least because you know, you, most of it's on the bike. And when you're doing an Ironman, it's, it's 110 miles on the bike, which takes several hours, five, four, five hours, six hours. And when you're doing that training with stoplights and on the roads, it takes even longer on a closed course. It's a lot quicker. But when you're doing that, like just going on the road, it's, it's a whole day thing. You're taking seven, eight hours to do a hundred plus miles. And so it just takes, it's an all day thing. And that's just the bike. So every weekend is pretty shot. And so that's, that's the, that's the reason why it takes a lot longer is because you got to schedule in those long rides, those long runs, especially as the training ramps up. So, um, so that's why it takes time. So you want to give yourself a couple months. I, I give myself a couple months, two solid months training for a half. And if I'm doing a full again, I'll, you know, give myself solid six months at this point to, to just make sure you get those, get those training runs in and, and, and get that confidence built for, um, for those distances. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the takeaway, um, is, and this can be applied to so many things in life. If you want something, you know, you got to put in the time and the effort. I know that's very cliche and stuff doesn't happen overnight. Unfortunately, we live in this world now that we kind of have all cultivated where we want that instantaneous gratification or we want the easy route. And unfortunately, for things that are worth having, in my opinion, it's going to take some time. So just hearing your story, I can relate. Now, I haven't done the triathlons. I do want to do that um, someday or the Ironmans as well, but I've kind of started with my running journey where it's like, okay, I'm going to do a half marathon. And at the time, it, it all goes back to mental uh, fortitude and, and stuff. And it's like, okay, a half marathon, I'll give it a shot. And then it's like, oh, I crushed this. And you start to get that itch, as you mentioned. It's like, well, why not try to do you know a full marathon? And then from there, it's like, why don't I do an ultra? Why don't I do an Ironman? So on and so forth. But the point being is like, you have to start somewhere. And even you know, a few minutes back with the the cold immersion, you know, maybe start with a, a cold shower, even if it's just a couple of times a week. You don't have to do it every time. Start somewhere. And that's where people, I think, get a little bit discouraged or they get worried. Like, well, I got to go from zero 
zero to 100 is, you know, the, the term that a lot of us younger folks throw around there. It's like, no, not necessarily ease into it. I mean, each person's different. You don't have to go out there and try to run a marathon overnight. You don't have to go do a, a cold plunge in 37 degree water from day one. You can build up, you know, from where you are. It's those micro, it's those micro wins. That's what I like to focus on. That's how, that's how real change happens. It's just, it's just those, those micro wins and the micro win can be, you know, choosing to eat the healthier option meal or choosing to restrain yourself when you have an impulse or urge to do something that, you know, is probably not the best for you or, Mm -hmm. or just, you know, the micro win can be turning a shower cold for five seconds. I always tell people too, when they get in the cold, especially beginners, like how long do I need to stay in? It's like, if you stay in for two seconds, that's better than not going in for, that's better than zero seconds. So as far as I'm concerned, you get in, you take a couple of deep breaths and you get out. That's a win. That's a massive win. That's a, it's a micro win, but it's a, it's really a massive win. And then you build from there. So it's all about, I, I really like that idea of just these micro wins and just one step in front of the next, in front of the next. And all of a sudden you build momentum pretty quickly. Hell yeah. I think Matthew McConaughey would call that catching green lights. Maybe, maybe not. Green lights. Yeah. Green lights <laughs> so out of the running, biking and swimming, which would you say is your least favorite? Uh, biking because, um, I had a pretty gnarly bike accident, uh, no cars. And thankfully I was all right, but train tracks, yeah. you know, there's, uh, it, it, I was, I was going a little too fast at a section lost focus for, for a couple moments. And, um, when you're, when you're riding over train tracks, it's totally fine when you hit them straight on because your tires go over them, but you know, your bike tires are so thin that if the train tracks are tilted just enough and you go over them at the right angle, then the tires actually flip into the track and then you go flying. So that happened to me. I was, I was probably cruising at like uh 20 miles an hour holy shit yeah yeah i was probably cruising to 20 maybe 22 miles an hour and um i got i went i got sent and i had gnarly road rash down the whole side of my body you know dinged up my hip um and so biking and and with cars especially biking is a little sketchy so biking is my least favorite for those reasons but swim has become great if you asked me if you would ask me before when i first started i would say swim but swim has become my favorite because it's just this beautiful um, moving meditation once you get it dialed in, just breath and movement, breath and movement. It's just super, super meditative, um, no music, nothing, just you and your own breath. And then um, and then running, I'm, I'm really comfortable on my feet. So it's always nice anytime I'm in a race when I, I park the bike and I put my running shoes on and I get running, I'm like, all right, cool, we got this. Like, I know that I'll, I know that I'm good now. We got this, no doubt. Heck yeah. Now the accident that you just mentioned, was that during like an event or was that for just training one day or? That was just training. Yeah. Yeah. Not like it matters, but I mean, yeah, it, it, you probably have a little bit of maybe PTSD from it. sounds like not yeah, to psychoanalyze, sure. but time. yeah. It definitely took me some time to get back on the saddle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I got a few uh, quick hitters. I really appreciate you carving out about an hour or so of your time. I know that's a lot to ask for, and I don't want to keep you on uh, too much. Too much. Let's hit the the quick hitters. What you got for me? Yes, sir. I got to pull out my my phone here as a cheat sheet, Uh, and I might go off script or unscripted, as we would say, but uh, I'll start with a couple of these here. Um, Cardio or weights? Damn, that's a tough one to be honest with you. I just need to give an answer, a quick hitter. Answer. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's up to however the hell you're feeling today. <laughs> uh, it depends on the day, man. It sure. Depends on the today, cardio. Okay. Right now, cardio. I went for a run this morning. It's cardio. Right. Amen to that. What's your favorite food? 
favorite food is um i like pizza a lot and that's why i like doing endurance races because when or just training because you run you run 15 miles you can eat a whole pizza pie to yourself and you feel great can't go wrong with a good slice of pizza love it no way uh do you prefer the morning or night morning all day all right now are you a super early riser I'm I'm an I'm like I'm on the sun schedule. So okay. I'm, I'm early to rise and and I'm and I'm early to sleep. And during the summertime, I love the summer because I, I'm like my my clock is very much in line with the sun, which I love. So I'm not up at like crazy hours, but I'm up when the sun's coming up. And um and then um I'm definitely a grandpa on the sleep schedule. I like my sleep and and but I like the morning when it's quiet and people are still asleep and you can crank and get stuff done and just get ahead of the day. So um I like the morning time. Hell yeah, I can get behind that. Sounds like you've got a good uh, circadian rhythm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so <laughs> hey, man, you do the cold, you get your face in the sunshine, you get your bare feet on the grass, you drink good water, you, you get in tune with the with the sun and the, uh, the, the the planet pretty quickly. Amen to that. Do you prefer the beach or the lake? Oh, that's a tough one because I'm up here at the lake and I just I love the lake so much. Um, I love the pace. I like the beach though, and I'm home surfing. The ocean is just something special. That's, uh, you know what? That might be the hardest question I think anybody's asking in a long time. <laughs> and it's such a simple question, though, right? It's a simple question, <laughs> but that is like, it's like I feel like if I say beach, I'm cheating on the lake, and if I say lake, I'm cheating on the beach. So I, I, I prefer natural bodies of water. How about that? Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, I got one last question that's not necessarily a quick hitter that I forgot to ask, and I'm kind of going uh, from textbook here. Everyone asks this type of question, especially if you're in like an interview setting. But where do you see yourself, or where do you see Edge Theory Labs? You know, three years from now, five years from now. Yeah, it's a great question, um, and the, the the simple answer is unsure, and unsure in in a good way. Yeah. Um, a year, two years ago, to, to think that we'd be right here, right now, doing what we're doing would have been bonkers to think about. So I, I know that it's going to be the same thing in three years, five years from now. It's going to be like crazy to think about what we were doing three, five years ago led to where we're at now. So I, I do see Edge Theory Labs becoming a leader in the sports recovery and performance space. I have a really, really deep feeling about that. I do believe that recovery is the foundation for performance. It's not just like a pillar or something that you do. And from we're getting to work with some really high performers and, and top level athletes. That's something that's true across the board is that they recover as hard as they compete. Um, that's, that's, that's everything. It's part of it. So um, I think it's, I think that, that bringing that message to the masses and bringing that message to the mainstream and bringing certain tools to help everyday people utilize that and to, to recover, like train hard and recover harder um, is something that I see, uh, I see for us in the next several years and being a leader in that space and really helping usher in, uh, and being credible and in, in the, in the space of cold water immersion and trusted and bringing that to, to the mainstream. So I, I, I see that what it looks like around that. I have no clue. Your bet, your guess is as best as my, as, as good as my guess. And that's kind of the exciting part, right? It's like, not knowing it's I, I like to focus on what the feeling is and the feeling is serving a lot of people building a really beautiful community of people that are into this and coming together on this wavelength and working with top level athletes and celebrities and trainers to to really to really share these messages with people so that's that's as far as i know 
Hell yeah. Well, very cool. I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. Uh, I think you'll only... You're part of the team. You're part of the community, which is really, really great. So I'm excited for that. Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, Joshua, thanks again for coming on. Uh, Really cool to hear your story. And thank you for sharing your story with not only me, but everyone that tunes in to listen. This is one of my my favorite episodes. We'll definitely have to connect more offline here. Uh, But once again, thank you for carving out time. If you guys want to check out edgetheorylabs.com. Did I get that right, Joshua? You got that? Yep. Yes. Make sure you get yourself a cold water tub uh, that is uh, portable. It's awesome. I will give a little bit more of a deep review once I get mine here in a few weeks, but I'm super yep. stoked. Um, anything else that you'd like to plug, Joshua? No, just uh, give us a shout. Give us a follow on Instagram. Reach out. Um, my Instagram's at Joshua Dean Church too. So just feel free to reach out. Always love connecting with other like-minded individuals and just whatever, whatever, whatever your goals you're striving for, whatever greatness you're you're striving to achieve or aspiring to achieve. Just keep going. Like you got this. So that's just my last message. Hell yeah, man! Super inspirational. Keep doing good things. Keep putting Thank out good brother. into the world. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk soon. You too, man. Thank you for having me. See you, Josh. Bye. Boom.